day 14 of the new U.S. administration, and the nation and the world continues to take measure of the man. Book publishers and others who fear the president may embolden challenges to free speech have begun to call for action. Welcome to Copyright Clearance and his podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. For a global perspective on the state of book publishing in the age of Trump, we turn to Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer who joins me every Friday. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Greetings, Chris. Well, we should greet you with a hearty ça va bien as you're speaking today, not from PW's offices in Manhattan, but from Le Bureau de Livre Hebdo à Paris. Livre Hebdo is a counterpart publication to Publishers Weekly, covering the French language book market. Alors, amuse-toi bien là-bas? Are you having a good time? Ah, we oui, indeed I am uh, actually sitting in the office of Leave Abdo editor Fabrice Pio right now doing this podcast. Well, uh, you must tell him bonjour pour nous aussi. And I guess our question and the one listeners must be asking themselves is, what is Andrew Albanese doing in Paris? What am I doing in Paris? Well, as our listeners know, we at PW uh, have an international mission and an international business. And we, of course, do show dailies from the London and Frankfurt book fairs and have presence at many more book fairs, including Bologna and Sharjah, Beijing, just to name a few. But in Paris this week, I am here for meetings with our publishing trade magazine counterparts around the world. For example, as you noted, uh, here at Leave Hebdo, where I'm sitting in Fabrice Pio's office, we have this meeting every year. It's usually in the first week of February, just to get a sense of what the world's book business is looking like. So that is what I'm doing here. Well, you know, uh, nice work if you can get it, I suppose, is the way <laughs> to put it. So now that you're there uh, in Paris with the sense of uh, how the book business is shaping up globally, share with us uh, the news you've learned. Yeah, it's a tough assignment for me, but I'm muddling through it over here. So, sure, you know, I'm happy to give you a glimpse. We've just had our first round of meetings, and we're about to get started on our second round. Um, and you can look for a report with a little more in-depth information on these issues uh, in PW, on the PW website next week. But I'll give you a couple of the broad strokes, starting with our host country, France, where output actually grew here by about 1.5% for 2016. But mostly, the market revenue-wise is pretty flat, uh, which is actually okay considering that it's been uh, pretty bad for the past few years. So flat is the new up, they say, and that is certainly what it is in France. Uh, and that's actually greeted as good news here. Uh, in the UK, represented by my friend Benedict Page from the bookseller, uh, she reports that print sales in the UK rose a very healthy 4.9%. Digital sales were not quite available for the full year, but she reports that, like in the US, in the UK, they've seen a decline in ebook sales there, this after years of growth in the ebook market. In Brazil, well, it's just kind of a mess, reports my friend Carlo Carreño, who's the publisher of Published News Brazil. The country is mired in a deep recession, uh, with the economy shrinking almost 4% uh, last year, this after shrinking uh, about 3.5% in 2015. Uh, and this coupled with you know pretty high inflation. Uh, he thinks the inflation rate is stable, but it's around 6%, and that's pretty high, coupled with a recession as well. The big effect in Brazil, though, is that with the recession comes the cuts in government spending or the delays in government spending. And that's really hurting the book business there because the Brazilian government accounts for about 25% of book purchases. In Spain, trade sales are also flat, but that's maybe not the whole story, reports Javier Salaya from DosDoche.com, who tells me that after years of dealing with the financial crisis there, that the publishing industry is still uh, not quite 
out of it. He reports that about 600 million euros in sales have disappeared from the publishing market due to the financial crisis over the last five years. So that's pretty, pretty bad stuff there. Uh, in Germany, uh, the market is also pretty much flat. Print sales are up slightly and ebook figures are, of course, still to come. It's a common refrain we're hearing this week. Uh, year end book sales are still not in. Uh, we also got reports from Japan and China, uh, which are also still not reporting their final figures. But the good news actually in Japan is that ebooks are finally starting to take off. They rose a healthy 27% in 2016. But as we know from the early days of the American book market, a large percentage of a small market doesn't make a very big market still. And basically, it's still a very small market in Japan. So the sense I'm getting from the first day of meetings is that 2016 was overall not a terrible year for the publishing business. But what the future holds is very much up for debate. And there were certainly a lot of questions around the table, uh, given the state of world politics. Well, not so surprising because uh, there's a lot of questions around most dinner tables and most other kinds of tables these days in this country, the United States, as well as around the world, as you say. And and it certainly seems that uh, apart from the business challenges, publishing faces other challenges, too. And what kind of things were you discussing? Yeah, well, you know, world politics are as tenuous now, I think, than they ever have been in my adult lifetime. And obviously, Trump is a major point of concern for the people that I'm meeting with here. And I think one of the key points and a point that we've discussed here on this show on a few occasions uh, is free speech and whether Trump's rise is going to embolden other world leaders to also feel free to attack their journalists. Uh, and as you know, few nations have anything as robust as our own First Amendment. And last year, it was a really big deal at the Frankfurt Book Fair. Uh, after uh, Erdogan in Turkey started jailing journalists and authors and academics. Well, in 2017, Erdogan seems to have Trump backing him up, at least as far as, you know, wanting to throw journalists, which Trump regards as scum, in jail. Uh, so we'll see if the U.S. still has some sort of moral high ground uh, going forward under a Trump administration. But I should point out that the U.S. is not alone when Donald Trump, etc., comes uh, into the discussion, because in the U.K., we have Brexit, which still looms. In France, Marine Le Pen and the right are on the rise. Same thing in Germany, with Merkel facing a hard right challenge. And in Amsterdam, they just announced this week that they're going to hand count ballots due to fear of election tampering. Also, a hard right movement is afoot there in, in the Netherlands. So, uh, of course, we've had deep, long-standing concerns in Russia and China. So politics has definitely uh, been a cause of concern here, and not just in the U.S. with the rise of Donald Trump. And what this all means for publishers, of course, remains to be seen. Uh, but business aside, worldwide, publishers seem to understand that the industry is facing some challenges that are indeed more fundamental. Oh, and we'll be back in just a moment with some word on free speech on the home front after this from PW Radio. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at publishersweekly.com slash PW Radio. 
Well, we're back on Beyond the Book with Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly, and we've been talking about free speech and how that looks around the world, Andrew Albanese, but uh, uh, there are some concerns about it right here at home, and we have spoken over the last couple of weeks about uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and and his uh, contract with Simon & Schuster for for a big book called Dangerous, coming in March. And earlier this week, a speech of his uh, scheduled for the University of California Berkeley campus was canceled after protesters created uh, quite a disturbance there. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Simon Schuster was in the news this week for other reasons. Uh, they've signed up a really big author there. Tell us about that. That's right. They signed up none other than Hillary Clinton. So Simon & Schuster getting a lot of flack, a, a big controversy for signing up Milo Yiannopoulos. And they turn around this week and announce that they've signed up Hillary Clinton. So, so much for the author boycott that's been so much uh, talked about. Indeed, this comes just a week after author Roxane Gay pulled a book from Simon & Schuster over his decision to publish Yiannopoulos. So it's kind of a big deal. And as you know, you know, it's all okay with me. I have to say, I believe that Roxane Gay has a right to pull her book because that's free speech. And I believe that Hillary Clinton has a right equally to publish her book with them. And Simon & Schuster publisher Jonathan Karp is a pretty long and trusted editor for such political works. Uh, I know that he did a heck of a job editing Ted Kennedy's book. I'm sure he'll do a great job with Hillary Clinton as well. But Clinton's decision aside... I don't think this is the end of the controversy for Simon and Schuster. Uh, you know, we're just six weeks away from Milo Yiannopoulos' book, Dangerous, being published, or at least it's scheduled to be published. Uh, and as the event in Berkeley shows, he tends to bring out strong feelings in people. Well, indeed, and strong feelings in people you don't expect to see that from. And uh, this past Monday's issue of Publishers Weekly, your editor, Jim Milliot, put out an editorial called Standing Up to Trump. And we know Jim pretty well. We've had him on our program here. And that's a rather uncharacteristic move for him. He doesn't write uh, many editorials. For those who haven't read it, uh, tell us a little bit about it and tell us how it's been received. Yeah, that's you know, absolutely right. Jim doesn't write a lot of editorials, but then I think it's not every day. We elect a person as president of the United States that's at least as unpredictable as Donald Trump is. In the editorial, Jim announced that PW was going to be supporting staff, our PW staff, uh, who buy memberships in Penn International. And I, for one, am taking the magazine up on that. Uh, and Jim also gave voice to some of the concerns that we've been talking about on this show, namely that PW intends to stand up for free speech. Uh, and we know we're not alone. You know, Hachette has also announced that they're going to support their staff members when they join free speech initiatives like Penn International. Uh, and Penguin Random House is going to match donations that its employees makes. So I think there's probably a lot more to come from publishers. I think publishers are coming around to realizing that we are in a, a fairly special, unpredictable time here. Uh, we try not to get too political at Publishers Weekly, but we do have to call them like we see them. And, you know, Trump's attacks on the press, we feel, uh, requires vigilance and for the industry requires that we, we stand up for our fundamental values. And Jim basically said, that's what we intend to do at PW. And you can read the whole editorial uh, on the PW website. Uh, it's called Standing Up to Trump. And I think he did a nice job. All right. Well, as the song says, Ozam Citoyen, that's a very catchy tune, but I hear it's been taken. Anyway, speaking with us today from Paris, Andrew Albanese at Publishers Weekly. Thanks for joining me on Beyond the Book. My pleasure, as always.
Next weekend in Portland, Oregon, as part of the annual PubWest 2017 conference, Michael Greer joins me for a special presentation on the future of storytelling. Our guests are Jakub Zamalek, an award-winning video game writer and novelist born in Warsaw, Poland, and Carla Zumonger, co-founder of Fulbright, an independent video game studio based in Portland. From Warsaw, Jakub Zamalek told Michael Greer that publishers and game developers share common ground. I, I'm absolutely convinced that books and games are not competitors uh, and that uh, people are likely to do both. And I'm not sure how it uh, looks in, in the U.S., but in Poland, the, the, there were studies which shown that people who consume a lot of media consume various media. So if you watch movies, if you watch TV series, if you watch newspapers, if you're engaged with the you know, world of culture and, and you like, you know, learning or, or, or getting to know new stories, you will also uh, read books. The Future of Storytelling, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center with subsidiaries RightsDirect in the Netherlands and Ixis in the United Kingdom. CCC is a global leader in content workflow, document delivery, text and data mining, and rights licensing technology. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the podcast series on iTunes or at our website, beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Mm-hmm.